104.7 The Cave. KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, it's time for Ned Talk. Let me just start out the show by saying this week, my back hurts. (laughs) And the reason why it hurts is so much to unpack. Oh, yeah. From the college, from all of sports, just so much going on. We'll talk about... We'll try touching all of it. There's so much going on. I'm Joe Weston, joined by Ned Reynolds, Josh Roberts, John Oliver. Ned, how are you this morning? Absolutely beautiful November day when the temperature's headed to 70. This old man. Not is. a weather show. Yeah, I know it's not, <laughs> but I'm very happy, very pleased, very warm, and don't hurt anywhere near as much as normal. <laughs> John, how are you? I'm good. I got a lot of yard work done today with the family, so if I smell of uh, leaves, oil, and there's another smell coming off. That's here. why, yeah. <laughs> Josh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm on vacation. Really? Officially starting today until nine days from now. What are you going to do on your vacation? Well, I'm going to go up to St. Louis and hang out with my brother for a few days and do some fun stuff up there. I think we're doing axe throwing on Wednesday <laughs> evening. Mm, okay. I'm sure somebody would call in and tell me why that's a thing now, but I just, I don't understand it myself. Either. All right, let's get to talking about sports. First of all, let's uh, talk about last week's game, the Chiefs and the Giants. Um, you know, we all sit here and said that really a, a turning point for the Chiefs in the season. We're going to tell how things are going to go from here on in for the Chiefs. Not a great game for them. So what do you take away from that game, Ned? You know, I asked the question to Dane and Hughes the other day, whether or not the Chiefs are a type of team that plays down to their competition. He said, oh, absolutely not. That is not the case at all. They're out there trying. And I said, how do you explain the New York Giants? This is a team that's virtually, well, it is dysfunctional, but they're virtually unable to compete on the field. And it's a 20 to 17 football game. He said, it's one of those things. And what we've echoed on this show, these are pro athletes, anything can happen, and you better be at the top of your game for every single outing, not just the big ones, but for games that on paper might not be competitive. They, anybody can beat you at any time. And coming from a former pro football player, that, that does, I think, resonate very well. But I didn't think Kansas City played well at all. They actually deserve really to lose the game, but New York is not in the position to be able to upset them, even with the game close. Today is a different story, guys. Very different story. John, what did you take away from the game on on Monday, I guess it was? You know, you mentioned we thought it might be a turning point, and I agree with that. And I don't think it was a turning point. I think it just magnified what we've seen all season, which is they started slow, and I think the team is playing timid and scared. And I think that's easy to see when you look at the team. You know, we talk a lot about personnel, you know, offense, defense. It's not that we don't have the personnel at this point, and I'm, I I won't use that as an excuse for the, what the defense and what the offense has done. I think it's it's a culture change right now that needs to happen with the Chiefs. Culture change, how so? Just in mindset, I think, you know, and I, I'm not going to put the blame on Spagnola. I'm not going to put the blame on Reed. It's just the players literally look defeated by the end of the first quarter. It's a totally different body language. It's a different mindset with the team this year. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a smart guy. He says all the right things. He talks about how it's on our shoulders to do better. But I'm just not seeing that that effort or that mindset put up. You know, guys that you usually see like Matthew, who 
pump guys up. Usually see Kelsey super animated. I'm not seeing that this year. So there's there's an issue going on that's not just personnel related. You say you're not going to start at the, the uh, with Coach Reed or Coach Spagnola. Don't you think that starts at the top though? It does. They're equally responsible. I just I'm not going to put it all on their shoulders. However, they do carry the burden of changing that mentality, changing that team culture, and trying to get things right for the second half of the season. Josh, what did you see? Well, I th- I kind of agree, but I'll say this. I think that you do have to put the blame on the coordinators and the coach because if if these players are going out there and going through the motions and not playing with enthusiasm and, and putting out their maximum effort, that means that the coaching staff has lost them. They've lost the locker room. Mm-hmm. And in other sports, they will fire the head coach if that happens and put in an interim coach, and that usually lights fire under those players. You see it in in almost every other sport. Football, it seems like they don't fire coaches in the middle of the season very often or at all. And I understand part of that because they're so <laughs> much more involved with with schemes and and playbooks and all that stuff. But there needs to be a change. There need because I agree with John in that sense. The the culture of the Chiefs is not good right now. There are coaches who leave in midseason, yes. but not necessarily fire. I'm yes. going to carry it one step further too. The championship teams. The really strong teams have internal leadership. And by internal, I'm talking about from the players themselves. There is usually one or two individuals, or maybe more, who gather the team around, have closed door meetings. Hey, look, you so-and-so-and-so-and-so. We've got to get out there and play better. Not sure the Chiefs have that. Mahomes is Mr. Showboat out there on the field. That's not meant to be derogatory. Not at all. He is a very good uh, role model for the team on tape. And on TV, is he in the locker room? Is Kelsey a leader? Do they have anybody other than Tyran Matthew who chews him out all the time, which is really what they need? I'm, I'm not sure they have that leadership. I'm going to disagree with John about one thing in particular. The team started off really fast last week. It just was when the interception happened in the end zone. And that was, again, a freak play. Um, Patrick Mahomes maybe pressing a little bit too much because he had to jump to throw the ball and then it deflected off a player's helmet and ended up being an interception. They started really fast, but you could kind of tell after that happened, there was this, oh, here we go again. Yes. And that was something that is not a, you know, not a healthy vibe to have with mm-hmm. a any team in any sport when something goes wrong. And one thing is that I'll say, too, that I will, you know, I don't know if we'll come to fisticuffs over this or not. I don't think Tyron Matthews, he's he's not a leader. He, to me, is like a lot of kids that I coached over the years when I coached baseball. When they're winning, it's all happy and smiles, and they love to rub it in other people's face. But when they're losing, he becomes a total head case and throws fits and temper tantrums and cries on the field. And that's that's not leading a team. That's just being a little turd. Is what that is. I agree with you because I also think he blames other people for yeah. mistakes when he is the one that's at fault. And I think for people who looked to leadership to him, for him was a complete mis- is a complete mistake. You can't. That's not the guy that you want to put leadership on. I will say this though: that this was the I, probably the first game of the season that uh, Jones and Clark had been on the field at the same time, mm-hmm. and you could see a difference. Okay. You could see a difference in the mm-hmm. pass rush there. Nick Bolton and uh, Willie Gay both played really, really good games. Mm-hmm. Daniel Sorensen should be released. 
I know he's a yeah. popular popular guy with a lot of Chiefs fans, but they just need to get rid of Daniel Sorensen because he gets beat all the time, mm-hmm. and they need to go with somebody else. I'm going to tell you, they have one done one thing positively, though, this past week, and that's pick up Melvin Ingram. Yes. This, is, this will help them, maybe not in an overwhelming headline manner, and uh, Ingram, in all honesty, may be over the hill. After all, he is 32 years old and uh, been around forever and ever. If he's over the hill, where are you? <laughs> there is no hill in my case. <laughs> that hill's long gone, man, long gone. Uh, in that case, though, when you look at Ingram, the Chiefs had a chance to sign him mm-hmm. earlier this year, had back during the summer, had three sessions with him, and they still didn't come to terms. But, yeah, all of a sudden, even though with Pittsburgh he was not doing all that much, here he is available now, and he comes back. If he is able to regenerate any level of skill, that'll help. Oh, yeah. He's a defensive lineman. I've heard a couple of different stories, right? The linebacker? D-E. D-E. D-E and linebacker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, that gives a different dimension to that defense. With the, when you've got Jeremy Reed there, you've got Frank Clark, you've got Chris Jones, and you've got him. Mm-hmm. And he's got some versatility as opposed to what they've been doing this season by spreading some of those guys out, not allowing them to... To rush. Let's talk about that for just a second because that's the other part of the week. Trade deadline came and went. Not a big deal, as big a deal as it is in other sports. You see a lot in basketball and baseball, but a little bit of action in the trade deadline. How did you feel about the Chiefs' two big moves? What did they say to you? Well, in the case of, of Ingram, I think it's it's right there. The handwriting's on the wall. They needed help on defense. They didn't get that with Josh Gordon. He's not a defensive player. Right. <laughs> and why in the world they went after him, I'll never tell you. But in Ingram's case, I think he was probably the best man available for the job. Mm-hmm. And they do need that help. So sign him on. Yeah, I'm all for that. I'm positive. Now, not again, that's not going to guarantee victories, but it will certainly help stop any kind of offensive thrust and make no mistake about it Aaron Rodgers won't be in today's game but these are still the Green Bay Packers who the Chiefs are playing John let me first say this you're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 the cave your local live sports talk show gotta get that out of the way John your thought on the two moves this week so two thoughts and this kind of ties back into my comment at the beginning my hope is that Ingram comes over and has something to prove we've seen that with players that have come to the Chiefs before so it sometimes all it takes when you look at professional teams is one guy to come in and change that mindset in the locker room during the game so you know I look to him and I hope that that's something but that's not a guarantee the other move is really puzzling to me and I wonder if there's a lot more to it than we know with Tardif with you know the offensive line being such a problem area for the Chiefs you know there are a couple of injuries away from being thin again and it just seemed like they traded him essentially for a spare part so I wonder if there's not either resentment over the opt-out last year, whether he's unhappy with the amount of playing time this year since he's not been a starter. I think there's more to that story that we don't know about. Ned mentioned, uh, I think it was on, we talked on Wednesday together with Mike, the intern, and you thought that it was a salary dump. But a fifth tight end? Yeah. Well, the tight end the tight end's Dan Brown, and he's been around now for five, six years. Mm-hmm. He's not, not a big-name player, but he is a role filler, and mm-hmm. he's somebody who could give Kelsey a few seconds on the sidelines. Kelsey, I tell you, looking at him on the sideline, 
he was not feeling very well last week, no. and it had nothing to do with any kind of illness. He was battered and beaten. Yes. Somebody had, had really <laughs> kicked his behind royally out there. It can be done, guys. Mm. So uh, giving him some breathing space with a guy like Dan Brown in there who has played in the NFL, uh, I think is probably a pretty good move. Uh, as far as Duvernay Tardif is concerned, he hadn't played. He had a bad hand, but, you know, in offensive line, you can play with a bad hand. He hadn't been. And I have to think, while we in the media ballyhooted as a great move, and it was, mm -hmm. after all, the guy's a physician, to devote his time and to opt out to help with the COVID-19 in his homeland of Canada, I thought was noble. The Chiefs may not have thought that. Exactly. That's a good point. He's a Canadian physician. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm just joking, all right? Just just kidding. Settle down. Put the phone down. Uh, Josh, what did you think of the moves this week? You know, being a longtime Chiefs fan, I remember every year being excited for the draft because of things that they needed, and then they would always draft a tight end when they had Tony Gonzalez. <laughs> and I'm like, what in the world are they doing? And so that was that was my response this week when they traded an offensive lineman where they're thin for another tight end where they had four already. I'm like, here we go again. Somebody loves tight ends in the Chiefs organization. Let's switch gears just a little bit. We are talking about the moves the Chiefs made this week. Made a couple of trades. Tardif is gone now. He's with the Jets in case you missed out on that. And they also picked up a, uh, a defensive player, which we mentioned earlier, Melvin Ingram from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about something that I found really interesting about the game last week in the, the coverage of it was that one of the announcers mentioned that the Chiefs running game averages 5.5 yards per carry. Mm -hmm. They don't need to pass. If you were able to sustain that every time out. But no, they they really don't. They can diversify their attack, and you have seen that. You, in fact, Joe, you yourself mentioned the fact they drove right downfield. That's not the first time they've done that. They do that in much of the cases. Their first series of plays. What was the one a couple weeks ago where they went fifteen plays downfield and had to settle for a field goal? Mm -hmm. Well, they, they're good at doing that. If you have a quarterback or an offensive concept from the enemy or whomever it is who is calling the shots from the press box in which you dink and dunk and find the open spaces because there are openings in all these defenses, especially across the middle, because these guys try to blitz. And you do that with Mahomes, and you're cutting your own throat, for heaven's sake, because he can pick them apart. They do that. The Chiefs have done that. They just simply have not sustained that thought process during most of the games. And, as a re and, and why? I do not understand why they haven't done it. One of the things we begged for last week, and we saw a little bit of it, was the diversification of the offense. Mm -hmm. And I uh, jokingly said last week, sign Frank Gore. Well, Derek Gore had an outstanding <laughs> yes. game for the Chiefs. And Darrell Williams has played really well. Can yeah. see, I mean, he's averaging 50, 60 yards rushing, mm -hmm. but you will see whole stretches of the game where the Chiefs abandon running the football mm -hmm. completely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think to give that offensive line a break and to give Patrick Mahomes a break, give the defense a break, mm -hmm. Let's run the ball a little more. What are your thoughts, John? You tapped into exactly what I was going to bring up. Derek Gore was a breath of fresh air. You saw him really slash. He's a quick guy. 
And that was most of the media coverage I saw after that game. They didn't really focus on the fact that Chiefs almost lost the game. It was all about getting to know about Derek Gore. Seems like a great kid. He looked great. So, I mean, for the time being, I think you've got to change things up, Joe. You brought this up. Williams, Gore, use them as a tandem. Run the ball a lot more than you have been and diversify your offense. Obviously, the pass only, you know, idea is not working. And I'm not surprised by those rushing yards because when Hilaire was in, he had decent yards per carry. Williams has decent yards per carry. Gore has decent yards per per carry. It's not that our running game's bad. It's just not featured at this point. Josh, first game really for Derek Gore to play. 11 attempts, 48 yards, one touchdown, 4.4 yards. And I was impressed with the way he ran the ball. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I was too. And, and, we all know that if you're a one-dimensional team, then the defense can just pin their ears back and come after you, which is what we've seen in the in recent weeks with the Chiefs. If they have no running game, then all the pressure goes on to Mahomes because they can just rush him constantly, blitz constantly. So I liked what I saw with the running game. I expect, I hope that they will do more of that, push it more. Uh, because it does set up everything else. And I think they could get back to that flowing offense that they had with when they had so much success, but you have to be able to run the ball to do that. I like the fact they I'm sorry, go no, ahead. No, no, you're fine. That's all. That's no, all. I just I, I I like the way that they were able to get the ball to, to Tyree Kill mm-hmm. on some short passes. Yes. I'll tell you this honestly, while it was not a great game, I mean as far as the Chiefs go, they struggled mm-hmm. to beat the Giants. And Ned pointed out that yeah, maybe they deserve to lose that game. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I came away with that game with a lot of positives, more than I have over the past few weeks. Ned, mm-hmm. your thoughts? If you can come away with a, a game against a, really an inferior opponent as a win, if you can develop something positive, fine. Positive thoughts are what you want. I, I fail to see anything particularly positive about it. In fact, <laughs> it was a dull football game in all honesty. Yeah, it was. Maybe, I'm just saying this to be whimsical, but maybe that's what the Chiefs' philosophy is. We must play exciting football for everybody <laughs> to be up and cheering constantly. Of course, that's not the case. You're out there to win any way you possibly can. Well, the Chiefs' offense is explosive and all that, but in the answer to your questions, Joe, I didn't see anything that was particularly positive, and I agree fully with John that there's no, that wasn't any turning point. A turning point will be a decisive win today, next week, the week after that, and the week after that, and from there on in until they can solidify a playoff berth. Yes. Well, there's a lot to talk about, a lot of stuff happening in the NFL, and mm-hmm. we're going to start talking about their opponent this week, the Green Bay Packers. I've got a few things to say about their quarterback. It's right here on 104.7 <laughs> The Cave Ned Talk. You're listening to Ned Talk. On 104.7, The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7, The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Ned, I got a question for you. Have you ever seen the movie Tombstone? You guys laugh, but no, I have not. Oh, it's fine. Well, it's a a famous movie, fictionalization of uh, of what happened at the OK Corral, and and Val Kilmer gives a an Oscar worthy performance as Doc Holliday. 
During this week, Aaron Rodgers, who will not play today because he has COVID and because he he told a little story (laughs) about immunization, gave his rationale in an interview that was televised. He was wearing a shirt that said, what's my name, and had an image of Doc Holliday on the shirt. I saw that. I wonder if anybody ever pointed out to Aaron Rodgers that Doc Holliday died at the age of 37 from an airborne respiratory respiratory virus. Yes. Yes. Uh, I don't know that uh, the irony was lost on (laughs) on many people. Dripping with irony. Yes, dripping, <laughs> dripping with blood and irony. If you watch, if you haven't seen Tombstone, watch. Go home, watch Tombstone. Don't watch the game, Ned. Just watch Tombstone. <laughs> Can't so, do that. Can't do that. So, COVID. We've got a guy who, when asked the question if he was immunized, said yes, and now no, he's, no, 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 no. He was asked if he was vaccinated, and he said, said I am, and he said, I am, I am immunized. Immunized. Yes. immunized. Mm-hmm. He went through immunization therapy. Mm-hmm. He says he ans- he's answering these questions now, and he's not playing today, which is a big advantage for the Chiefs because mm-hmm. they won't face Aaron Rodgers. I'm not knocking Jordan Love. They are the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. You're absolutely right, mm-hmm. but they're not nearly as scary without Aaron Rodgers playing for them. Well, I think they are, quite honestly, because Jordan Love, folks, while this is his first NFL start, is... In the in the league for a second year, just as Patrick Mahomes was when he got his really starting role with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Love is a very capable quarterback, six foot four kid who was an outstanding, outstanding All American, probably second, third team All American, maybe honorable mention at Utah State. Had a huge career, record setting career. I'm going to play a little trivia with you guys now. This is his first start. This is his second year with the Packers. Do you know who replaced him at Utah State at quarterback? Brigham Young. I don't. <laughs> Jason Shelley. Oh. Who is quarterbacking the Bears the right Bears. now. Bears, yes, yes, yes. I've- Jason Shelley got removed from the team uh, for team violation of rules mm-hmm. at Utah State after four or five games. I don't remember what it was. But he was the replacement. That's that's how quality a level of player we're mm. dealing with here. Shelley's pretty damn good, guys. Yes, I mean, yes. he, this guy can play. <laughs> And uh, so was Love. Now, Love's going to come in there, and he'll have a very strong supporting cast. This guy can do a lot. He he may struggle. Mm-hmm. He may be facing a lot of Chiefs pressure. They may The game plan may be, hey, pressure this guy, make him scramble, make him fumble, make him doubt his own skills. But if he, if he gets rolling, Green Bay has a big chance. I was astounded to see the point spread go from one and a half to seven and a half. Now it's down another point now. It's six and a half. But still, against a Chiefs team that has struggled, I'm a little bit surprised. This is the Packers, and they can play. That's not to predict a loss for Kansas City at all because they are favored and they are a good football team. But so is Green Bay. This is not the New York Giants the Chiefs are playing today. Well, what would you say if the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, let's say everything equal, let's say the the Chiefs had had a great season up to this point, that they were equal to the Packers, and you go, well, Chad Henney's starting today. How would you feel? Would you feel a big advantage? uh, Well, that's a different level of comparison here because you have a different style. I, I think Love's style is pretty much what what the Packers do employ. Uh, uh, Rogers is not 
he can scramble, but he's not the scrambling type and the wide-open type that Mahomes is, nor is Henny the type that Mahomes is. This is kind of a different level. Uh, but in, in Love's case, he is a rookie. He's a guy who's really pumped. Henny is an experienced pro, if that were to happen. Uh, it, it's really a, uh, not a fair comparison. And I think the Chiefs would probably be the underdog, but the Chiefs' offense is totally totally based on what Mahomes does. The Packers is not. They can do a lot of other things. John, what do you think about Aaron Rodgers? (laughs) (laughs) Weren't we talking about the Packers? (laughs) Um, We started out talking about Aaron Rodgers. Did you see uh, the way uh, Ned Tapp danced around that one? (laughs) He's a great dancer, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I... One of the best. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers is, uh, it's become a comedy, bad comedy. That's all I can really say. And it's just one of those things where how something like this slips through the cracks. How did the general public and the media not realize he had not been vaccinated? That's incredible to me that that somehow was not addressed. That a simple statement of I've been immunized. (laughs) <laughs> can can completely stop the press. You know, God help Woodward and Well, Bernstein. I mean, you, you kind of take him at his word, though. I mean, it's a personal thing. It's a personal thing in the, in the first place. It is. I mean, and he's, he's made a personal decision. The NFL has also made a mandate mm-hmm. about the way this should work. And not only does he put himself in jeopardy, he puts his teammates around him in jeopardy in, for a certain amount of... Of, of things that could happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it cost him in his pocketbook this week, too. He lost a big endorsement. Yeah, and I mean, the, just he's he's been a different animal this year is all I can say. You know, from screaming, I effing own you at Bears fans, which we haven't seen a, a quarterback do that I can remember, actually screaming at a fan base. It's, it's, it's made me rethink the sympathy that I had, and I said this off the air, when Jordan Love was drafted and he saw that as such a slight, when, you know, he we heard how terrible the pair, the Packers organization had been about building a team around him and doing these things. You know, when you look at the game today, Jordan Love, we don't know how good he could be. And he's got Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, who are very good players around him, and he could excel today. This may not turn out the way we want. Aaron Rodgers, I think I'll be glad to see him move on and hopefully be a little bit more quiet in the future. Josh, your thoughts on uh, Aaron Rodgers' soap opera this week? He's an arrogant idiot. <laughs> Succinct, I like it. And it's finally bit him in the butt. I, it, it's if you if we were at a job where they had a mandate for something and you lied about it and then got caught, what would happen? You'd get fired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Period. That's not the way the NFL works. I know. This guy makes too much money for the Packers organization and whatever. Uh, but, yeah, he's an arrogant idiot. So, I don't know. I just, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the that whole show with him. So, wherever he goes, he better not go to Denver. That's what my friend Jim <laughs> thinks he's going to end up in Denver. <laughs> well, it's been a soap opera for Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers and the Packers this year. I mean, he started out saying he wasn't going to play this year. He was, he was just not going to. Didn't show up to anything, and then finally they got some stuff worked out, and they got their butts handed to them in the first game of the season. They looked really good since then. 
But I I look at this, I agree with you, Ned. I look at this as really being the true turning point for the season for for the Chiefs today. Mm-hmm. How they play, how they come out and play this team. And I think it starts with positive things. The positive things have to happen. Go down the field, score right away, defensively, make some stops. 100%. And, not, and if you make a mistake in the game, move past it, just go forward. And if by some chance in this game you fall behind by a substantial margin, how you come back. Yes. Didn't come back against the Tennessee Titans, down 27 to what, nothing at one time, and then mm-hmm. maybe scored a field goal or a touchdown or whatever it was. Uh, they, they folded. They collapsed. They folded their tents on the sidelines. They can't do that today if, in fact, they do fall behind. The Packers, if they fall behind, are not going to lie down. They will be back. They've been through this before. They had the Arizona Cardinals had them beaten, and they come back and win the game. They being the Packers come back and beat them. And you're right, Joe. They uh, Green Bay got slaughtered in their first game, and I really think that hurt. <laughs> it hurt. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Rogers, for one specific reason, the media and the team and the NFL, the guy's a good quarterback, first of all. He's a fine player, has been All-America, California, all this sort of thing, and a leader of the Green Bay Packers, Super Bowls, and so forth. Mm -hmm. But he has been infected with that drug that is insatiable, (laughs) and that drug is spelled E-G-O. Yes. And his ego is overwhelming, and Josh, you're 100% correct. That is the the faltering point of this guy with the public, and the media has been on his case now constantly all week long, and rightfully so. Mm -hmm. Remember Pete Rose, for heaven's what he thought he could get away with it. Guys, it's the most intoxicating thing that can happen to a human being, (laughs) and that is let your ego get involved. For those of you playing the media drinking game at home, for every time that Ned says media, take a shot, you're probably drunk already. (laughs) What else can we look for from Green Bay today? Really quickly, your thoughts. I think they open up with a wide open attack and come after Kansas City and try to get a substantial lead on the Chiefs and put the pressure on Kansas City at home. So you don't think they'll play conservative with a rookie, well, not a rookie quarterback, but a second year quarterback at the helm? I think they can afford to. I think they have to go out and put their best foot forward right from the start. All right, we're about 25 minutes from the start of the pregame show with the pros. Hang around, it's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk. On 104.7, The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. 20 minutes till we have the pregame show starting from the Chiefs Radio Network. Kickoff today, 320, is that right? About then, 320, 325, somewhere in that. It's a big mid-afternoon game, Chiefs Green Bay Packers. You guys know, if you listen to the show, I hope you... Take everything we say with uh, the spirit that it's given with a little bit of humor as we <laughs> as we joke about this because everybody's right. There's a lot of ego in sports, and sometimes mm-hmm. it, it's good to stick a pin in that ego and say, it's just a game. Right. I'll tell you, somebody who had that pin stuck in his ego big time is Ruggs. Let's, uh, yeah, that's Ruggs. what I wanted to talk about. There's really there's no joking with this story no, whatsoever. No. Really no. sad story, Ned. Uh 
give people the details. So the first, the first thought is, what on earth was going through this guy's mind? First of all, it was an alcohol uh, inebriated mind. He was what two points I think above the two points above the legal limit. legal limit in Nevada. He's going 156, 156 miles an hour in Las Vegas. Now it's something like at three or four, three, three or four o'clock in the morning. There has a young lady with him. He's about to impact another car. He slows down. I'm sure by 128. Yeah, really slowed down. Slammed into the back of this car at that. The car in front of him caught fire. A 23-year-old young lady and her dog both died in the fire, burned to death. Dear Lord, what on earth is this? And he's two points above. What, what, What went through his head? These guys are all told, look, if you feel like you're inebriated and not in control of things, call us. We'll take you home. We'll protect you. Did he do that? Heavens no, he didn't do it. The man, I'm, I'm sorry, I know we should feel badly for him. And yes, there are people who've come out in his defense, but that is indefensible in my opinion. John, tell us a little bit about Henry Ruggs and why we should care. I mean, he plays for the he played for the Raiders, but he he also uh, went to Alabama. Yeah, he's an Alabama alumni. Um, you know, Davis, the owner in Oakland, said about him when he drafted him, "This is the one player I wanted to get out of that draft. I think he was 13th overall. He's had a really good season: 555 yards in the you know receiving yards. His uh, his career with the Raiders is over. They cut him automatically and." Just two quick things I want to get in here. Two things disturb me. Seeing the footage that was posted on TMZ and other sites, the fact that people are running around with cameras, no one's trying to help the people in the car that are burnt or the person that's burning to death. And no one's trying to help Ruggs and his girlfriend that are obviously shaken up, neck injuries, trying to collect themselves on the sidewalk. Instead, they're hugging a famous person, taking a selfie and trying to get the information to TMZ. Here's my call to arms, and I'm not going to, this isn't going to change anything, but I think this needs to be given a hard look at. When you are giving 19, 20, 21, 22 year olds several million dollars in wealth, that is not a point in your life when you are your most responsible. I know if I had been that wealthy at 21, I can't say that if someone wasn't there to help me, that I wouldn't have made many bad decisions that might have led to this. Most employers have an employee assistance program that helps their workers if they have mental issues, if they need financial counseling. The professional sports leagues, if we're going to continue to pay these young people these exorbitant amounts of money, have to start providing mental health care provided by the organizations to these players, financial counseling to these players, domestic counseling to these players. It's not just on these young people anymore. It's an organization. It is a professional organization, no different than Google, whatever organization, Amazon, you want to talk about. They are employees. There should be a code of conduct and that, you know, people are cut and let go for that. But there also needs to be programs and opportunities for them to get the help they need to not be in these situations. Josh, your thoughts? I think that's all well and good, but you're never going to stop this stuff from happening. It's been happening uh, the entire history of sports and just the world in general. I mean, people put themselves in stupid situations when they don't have to, and then this is this ultimately can be the result. He 
didn't have to drive that car. He's a professional athlete. Everybody knows who he is. There were probably 30 people around him that would have driven him wherever he wanted to go. He chose to do that, and now he has to suffer the consequences, and it's horrible. It's a horrible situation, but I'm I'm tired of talking about coddling these people. They're human beings. If they're so stupid that they can't make proper decisions, the, re- the end result is what we get today, unfortunately. He has to suffer those consequences. And his career with the Raiders is not the only career that's over. His mm-hmm. career in the NFL is over. He, he may spend, I think, the max penalty for all the charges against him is 46 years in prison. In prison. 46, guys. Now, mm-hmm. he won't serve that much, I'm, I'm quite sure. But he's looking at a lengthy prison term. And he, he won't be sought after by anybody when he gets out. Are you sure of that, though? I mean, no, you can't I mean, be sure of anything. But. Let's talk about this for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, let's be honest. Money buys you a lot of things. It does. He's, it got, a, he's does. got a lot of money, so he's going to be able to hire the best attorneys. And, mm-hmm. and maybe somebody will be able to put a spin on this and say this happened or this happened or whatever. And he, you know, probably more than likely, is not going to see that much time in jail. I disagree, Joe. I think he will. I think he'll see a considerable amount of time because there is no putting a positive spin on taking a human life the way he did at that kind of extreme circumstance. I'm not suggesting that that's the right thing. I agree Mm -hmm. with you wholeheartedly that he needs to go to prison and he needs Mm -hmm. to spend a lot of time in prison. But the reality of the world around us is... You know, he probably he, he probably went home to a dozen attorneys. Sure. Having called in Absolutely. and said, we can make this work for you. Yeah. We can do this. We can do this. If you do this, if you do this, if you do this, you can get whatever. And I think that, uh, you know, I don't have a lot of faith in the way the judicial system works, especially for people that do have money. We live in a system where there's equal justice under the law, but allegedly. That, and now you can you can you can right ice mm-hmm. that all you want. Yeah. But let's just say that Joe's right. Let's just say that he he does have this whole system modified. What on earth kind of reception does this guy get from the public, from the media, from Anybody and what team is going to try to claim him? I I can't see it happening. Well, look at Cleveland and and, and uh, you know I can't think of his name right now. The guy from from the Chiefs. Yeah, but he didn't take a life. No, he didn't he, take a it life. It was domestic he, assault. He physically yes. abused a woman he did. on camera. He still has a career in the NFL. Yep. I mean, I honestly, I really feel like that should be a one and done deal. I mean, yeah. if you break the law, especially in certain areas. And this would be one of those areas that the NFL would step up and say, you know what, we don't want you part of our professional organization. Now, if he was a doctor and he did the same thing and he had money and say that he was able to get out of it mm-hmm. as a doctor, there probably would be there would be people that would revoke his license. And the same thing should exactly. happen yes. as a player. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I am re- Kareem Hunt. When when you see something like this and it was there's visual I mean, God, you see him pulling the girl by the hair, mm. dragging her across, knocking her out with a right cross. You, son, are gone. That's right. You're out. You're not coming back. And to Josh's point, one thing I want to bring up, you, I mean, I agree with you, Josh. It has always gone on. But the dynamics of sports in this country have completely changed over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when sure. you, I mean, Ned, you know this as well as I do. It's not a secret in baseball. Mickey Mantle, the f- number of things his teammates 
and different people, law enforcement, covered up. Him flipping cars with women in them, covering up, covering up, covering up. At that time, Mantle's salary fell about in the mid-range mm-hmm. of U.S. citizens. Mm-hmm. These athletes now are at the upper echelon of income. So with that type of money, I hate to be geeky and quote something out of Spider-Man, but with great power and wealth (laughs) comes responsibility. And if that responsibility for a 21-year-old is too much, that's where I think someone needs to intercede to try to help these young individuals. And the someone someone is the big boss, the NFL. And the really interesting way to it, it can't be done because you can't limit what a person makes. Mm-hmm. And when the NFL does, in a sense, because your top rookies are only allowed to make three and a half or four million dollars. Oh my God! Think, <laughs> yeah. Do you know how much money that is, people? And they're saying he's only getting four million. Yeah. Dear Lord Almighty. We could talk about that for another hour, but <laughs> we are about ten minutes up against the clock, so we'll be back in just a minute with our predictions. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. It's that time again for us to do our predictions for this week's game. And we start with the senior media personnel in the room. <laughs> that would be Mr. Reynolds. You like that, the senior media personnel. Well, it's uh, ex-media person because I'm not, I'm only partially. <laughs> You're in front of a microphone or in front of a, I assume that you still work on a typewriter, uh, do, doing these stories. All You're more media than he's, any of us in this room. He's a reformed that. media member. <laughs> You're virtually the Springfield version of Howard Stern, king of all media, because you're in print, you're on TV. Yeah, all the, I was the other day, I was driving home from doing this show on Monday night, and I was I always talk to my mom when I'm driving home to check on her. She goes, well, Ned Reynolds is on TV right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, how, much, how much time do we have in this segment? Is there a lot? Been, like three minutes. Okay, oh. real quickly, I'll tell you a story. I did a commercial here on on this station for a farm and home mm-hmm. and I do it all the time for them. Guy called me one day said, I just heard you doing a farm and home commercial. What the hell do you know about farm? <laughs> that's, right. that's how far your credibility goes. Today's, today's game. Today's yeah. game. I think the Packers have a very strong football game. I think the Chiefs do too. I think Kansas City will meet the challenge today. I really think we'll see quite a bit of scoring on the on the board. I'm going to predict the Chiefs to win this one in a close one. We'll say 34 to 31. What do you think, John? I'm going to predict a nail-biter on this one, honestly. There's going to be enough offense. I don't know how much defense. I'm going to go 28-24, and I'm going to give Kansas City the edge today. Really? Nobody's nobody's afraid to go against the Chiefs on the air except me. No. Oh, oh I'm, yeah. I, think, I think the Packers are going to win. Oh, do you? Josh? Yeah, do. Josh think, is out there. I think Josh's phone number and address is? Yeah, give it, give it up. <laughs> I think it'll be a close game, but I think the Packers are a better football team. And they'll win by a touchdown. Really? Really? I think I, I, I'm not. Jordan Love hasn't played. 
in the NFL. He hasn't played a real game. It's going to move at a much faster pace. I disagree with you guys. I think the Packers will dial it back today, and they'll play conservative. But I do. I think there may be times when you see little flashes of things from them because, as we were talking about off the air, they have nothing to lose. Not a divisional employ, uh, em, employment. Divisional opponent. divisional opponent is the word I'm looking for. Thank you, John. And so they are just going to go at this game like, oh, what do we got to lose? But I think the Chiefs win, and I think the Chiefs win big. I think it will. I think this is. I th- I saw a lot of positive stuff out of last week's game. Mm-hmm. I saw the uh, emergence of a, a running tandem. I saw defense that looked a lot better. And I think building on the confidence that maybe they took away from last week's game, even though it was a close game, I think the Chiefs win. If you are right and the Chiefs do win big, then the fact of the matter remains they may have done or taken the first step yes. in a turnaround this season. If and I hope come on, I'm Ed, wrong. you know I'm going to be right. <laughs> I know I'm right about this stuff. Getting me back for last week. You know know I'm right. (laughs) You know I'm right about this stuff. Well, thanks, guys, for being here. I really appreciate you stepping in. Uh, I want to say thanks to Jake Gillette, who uh, would have been here had he known what time we were on the air. (laughs) Jake had a hard time. That's a real hard time with the clock. So get set for the pregame show. It's coming up with Art Haynes, Dan Israel, and, of course, Mitch Holtis kickoff 325. Packers and Chiefs, Ned, we'll see you next week. Yes, sir. What time are we on next week? I don't know. I don't even know what time we're it's on. It's a Sunday night game, so we'll be on at 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. John, we'll see you next week. Sounds will you good. Be here? Yeah, I'll be, be here. here. Josh, I'll you'll be, be here, here next week? Maybe we'll, maybe, we'll persuade, uh, maybe we'll persuade Josh or Jake to join us. To get set, the game's getting ready to start. 7 The Cave, KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield.